Welcome to the Archives of Legend and Lore. Every week I will bring a monster, humanoid, aberration, or some other being to the gaming table and put it in the spotlight, so to say. We'll discuss some of the lore and differences in additions, and possible ways to use them in your one-shot or campaign. I'll try not to bore you to undeath while I present for your approval, The Lich. Second edition tells us that the Lich might be the most powerful form of undead known to exist. They will try to gain more power no matter the risk and have no interest in affairs of living, except when it will affect them or their pursuit. The Lich looks like a white or a mummy being gaunt and skeletal in form. Its eye sockets are black and empty except for fierce pinpoints of light that serves as their eyes. Not that it needs them. A Lich can see with normal vision in the darkest environments or the brightest lights. An aurora of cold and darkness radiates from them, which drives fear and an ominous feeling into all that see it. They were originally created by high-level mages. A lich was once a living creature, but has entered an unnatural existence now. In order to become a lich, a phylactery must be created using an enchantment, magic jar, and a permanency and reincarnation spell. The phylactery can be almost any form of item, but must be of the highest craftsmanship and be worth no less than 1,500 gold per level of the mage. Once this is created, the aspiring lich will have to concoct a potion of extreme toxicity and imbue it with wraith form, permanency, cone of cold, feign death, and animate dead spells. When the moon is full, why is it always when the moon is full? But, well, when the moon is full and the night dark as dark, oh, wait, that's not it. So, when the moon is full, the potion is drunk. Instead of killing the wizard, it makes them undergo a transformation into, yep, you guessed it, a lich. That is, if they make a system shock save. If they fail, it's lights out for good. You failed, must have used mistletoe instead of mogulwort. Too bad, no retries. You can't even be resurrected. I mean, you're dead dead. Dead. Like, dead dead dead. Okay. The monstrous manual does list subspecies of lich, arc lich, and demi lich. But we might just save those for another podcast. Now, on to 5th edition. In 5th edition, liches are the remains of powerful wizards that wish for undeath as a means to preserve themselves. Like the earlier edition, it is all for gaining further power as they hunger for long-forgotten knowledge, but care little for the world of man. A lich is gaunt and skeletal, with withered flesh stretched tight across its bones. The eyes have decayed away long ago, but points of light burn in the empty sockets. They are often wearing fine garments and jewelry, faded and decaying now, but still hinting at sophistication. To become a lich, a wizard must make bargains with friends, evil gods, or other foul entities. Hey, wait, what are you saying about my friends? Well, point taken. Okay, there are a few like that. I mean, not all of them. But many aspiring lich turn towards Orcus, the demon prince of undeath. The lich is created by an arcane ritual that traps the wizard's soul into the phylactery while sustaining the magic coursing through its body. Then, again like previous editions, a potion must be drunk. No system shock here, though. You die or are reborn as a lich. Occasionally, a lich must feed souls to its phylactery, trapping the soul, and in 24 hours it is consumed and destroyed. A level 9 or higher dispel magic spell can be used and the soul will be released. I had a marriage that kind of worked that same way. And if the souls aren't fed, the lich starts decaying and falling apart and might just turn into a demi-lich. When the lich's body is damaged or destroyed, the will and mind leave it and return to the phylactery, and within a few days, a new body forms next to the phylactery. To truly defeat the lich, you must destroy the phylactery, if you can. It usually takes a special item, 
or spell to do it. A lich doesn't require food, well, except for souls, water, air, or sleep. But, you know what? Sometimes a hug every once in a while would be nice. I mean, come on. I used to be human-ish, too. Once fine robes hang in tatters from its withered corpse frame, a pale blue light shines from where its eyes should be. I'd have to say, Pathfinder does a great job of its intro description. If you need it for your campaign, a lot of times, use it. A lich is a spellcaster that has chosen to shed its life and cheat death by becoming an undead creature. By use of the phylactery, the spellcaster gives their life to it, but traps their death too and will be almost immortal. As long as the phylactery is safe, they can go on in their studies and pursuit of knowledge. The path to become a lich is not an easy one, and the soul is different in every instance, so the spell might fail, causing the caster to die or become insane. A 1 in 3 chance that it is up to the dungeon master. I like those odds. Roll for the 33.3333, okay, 34% chance to live or die or become undead. I mean, oh, did I mention the cost? It should cost several hundred thousand gold. Hey, can I get a loan? It's for a business venture. Yeah, you can say that. On to combat. They rarely engage in melee combat with those it considers enemies. In 2nd edition, it is a force that can hold its own in battle. It has an aura surrounding it. Anything less than level 5 must make a save versus spell or flee in terror for 5 to 20 rounds. 20. 5 to 20 rounds. I mean, let that sink in. And if it fails, it'll probably be leaving urine and skid marks in its wake. If the lich should happen to touch a creature, its aura of cold will inflict damage and may paralyze the creature. If a save isn't made, that is, liches can only be hit by weapons of plus one or higher, spells or monster level five and higher. It is immune to charm, sleep, enfeeblement, polymorph, cold, electricity, insanity, death spells, hugs that aren't meaningful. Oh, wait, I mean, that last part wasn't in there. Priests of 8th level or paladins of 10th level can try to turn the lich. Yeah, the, the word is try. Yeah, try. The main form of attack, though, is the lich's spells. And oh boy, will it have spells. They have literally been existing just to learn new spells and knowledge. So, yeah, good luck with that. On to the combat in 5th edition. If the lich fails a saving throw, it can say, Nah, I don't think so. I made that. And it does. This horrible beast can do that three times a day. What a pr- uh, I mean, the Lich is an 18th level spellcaster and has a spell DC of 20 and plus 12, holy, to hit with spell attacks. Talk about being OP. Dang. The monster manual lists the spells and slots available, but I'd probably use house rules here and mix it up a bit. The Lich in this edition has advantage on saves against any effect that turns undead. They have a paralyzing touch that has a plus 12 to hit and a reach of 5 feet. The target must succeed a constitution saving throw DC of 18 or be paralyzed for one minute. The Lich gets three legendary actions and can only be used one at a time on the end of another creature's turn. They reset at the beginning of the Lich's turn too. Wow, that sucks. It has four choices. It can cast a cantrip. Pretty self-explanatory. Paralyzing touch. It costs two of the three actions and is the same as a normal melee attack. Frightening Gaze also uses two of the three actions and it fixes its gaze on any creature within 10 feet. The target must succeed on a wisdom save or become frightened for one minute. If it does succeed, it is immune to the gaze for 24 hours. Yeah, that's a plus. 
The last one that uses all three of its actions is Disrupt Life. Yeah, already sounds bad, doesn't it? Each living creature within 20 feet of the Lich must make a constitution saving throw of 18 or higher. And if they succeed, it's half the damage. If they fail, they take full frontal attack of the 6d6 damage. Okay, so it really wasn't that horrible of a spell, but some nice AoE damage. Pathfinder is a little different, as it always is and sometimes a little refreshing. The Lich can use weapons as they normally would, but can take a touch attack. Its touch damages most creatures, but heals undead. Here, buddy, let me give you a pat on the back. Oh, it hurt? Sorry, I, I guess you played for the wrong team. It has listed spells that are prepared, but like I said earlier, mix it up on your own style. It also has pretty much the same paralyzing touch and fear aura as the other editions, so no need to rehash that here. Now, to the chaos sphere of fun we journey. Let's get creative and let the storming of brains commence. Scenario 1. Let's say you have a portal to close. It's letting undead or some foul thing into this realm from another one. A long forgotten spell would have the power to close it. But as I mentioned, it is forgotten. Wait, there was one who knew it. Lord, insert name here. He was a great and powerful wizard and can still be found today. Wow, what luck this party has. Oh, wait, what's that you say? Oh yeah, that's right. He's a lich, residing in the tower in an old swamp. Glorious. Now, here you can play it in different ways, depending on the style of your party or players. He has a spell on a scroll, and the party can try and kill him for it. Yeah, good luck with that. Another way is, the Lich isn't that evil, and will willingly give the scroll to the adventures. If they can recover a tome to complete his set. I don't know, maybe it's a Britannica W, and is the only one he's missing. I mean, you know, everybody wants a whole set of Britannica encyclopedias, right? It was last carried by a lowly wizard into a, insert name of dungeon here, crypt, tower, or other horrible place, and he was never seen again. Bring the lich his tome, and the spell will be yours. Scenario 2. A magic shop in a large city has new and never-before-seen magic items. Insert homebrew here on his shelves. He will sell them, but also has a list of items he would gladly trade for them. Each one will require a quest to some place to kill, find, or trick something into getting the item. Plot twist. The shop owner works for a lich and is trying to recover items for it. The new items have been created by the lich. Party members can try and kill the lich, or maybe take out the shop owner causing more problems for the lich, which will probably make it hunt them down. Another plot twist, there are powerful curses on the items, and when used, cause the players to be servants of the lich to go and amass more power and magic items for it! <laughs> oh, they only find out after going on a quest for an item to trade, though. Nice one-shot, maybe? Or... You know, nobody else knows that the one player has a cursed item. Scenario 3. A great evil has come to the land. Uh, the evil is of your choosing. Maybe an old god? It is more powerful than anything the world has faced before. They're always more powerful. There's never like, well, you know that last guy you beat? He's not really as powerful as that guy. But, but of course, there's only one hope. The adventurers must seek out and convince ancient liches to come fight for the cause of the world. Because if the world falls to the evil, the liches will perish also. I would say you'd need at least five ancient ones to complete this storyline. You can spin off each of them as a one-shot or one-night, and then have them end the battle as a separate one. So if things go well, this could be a six- or seven-night campaign. Or, if you're like 
my normal party, a lot longer. If it was me, I'd probably do five to six nights for each lich, and then several for the final battle. But it all depends on you and your group. Have fun with it. Well, our time is coming to a close once more, my friends. I always like having visitors in my little slice of chaos. If you enjoyed yourself, please consider giving me a review on your podcast platform of choice. I hope you can join me next time when we blow the dust off the tombs and look deep within them. Remember, if you're truly chaotic, your players will never know what you'll do next.